0: This episode of the Knicks Film School podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today.
1: Hey there, Knicks fans! How you doing? It is your boy John in the back with you for Draft Night in the NBA, and I am joined by a person. I reached out to Andrew Claudio uh, not uh, a while ago, and I was like, "We're going live for for Draft Night," and Chris is going to be with me, right? And those were my two requests: live for Draft Night, even though the Knicks didn't have a pick, because it's, it's the right thing to do. We must anticipate all things and something might happen. Maybe something will happen. We'll see. But I needed Chris here with me for a few reasons. One, you're a handsome young man obviously. <laughs> and two, uh you know more about like it, pick any one of the players that are likely to get taken in the honestly in either of these two rounds. Pick any one of them and you know more about that one player than I know about these players collectively. So, um I need you tonight, Chris. Not going to lie. I need you tonight. Hey, man. It's awesome to be here. Thank you
2: for joining me up on stage and, and hanging out tonight. I always, I rather I strongly believe that KFS fans would want to know about this draft, even if Leon Rose had put out a statement this morning saying <laughs> we are by all means and unequivocally not acquiring a pick in the 2023 NBA draft. The Nick film school fan base is a group of people who want to be educated about the NBA as a whole, which is why I love them all. Um, so, you know, I, I figured this was like the right thing to do because they'd want this coverage and and I'm glad that they do. It's awesome to be here um, as, as
1: the, the draft guy. It's quote, cool. well, not... To get into it too much right now, but like part of my philosophy always with KFS and you you know this because we've had many, many conversations about it is that it's impossible to be an informed fan of the Knicks or any team for that matter, unless you know about the league. And this is the biggest night of the year of every year uh, for the league because it is how rosters it's like, I don't know, is that even I would say. Even more so than free agency, because free agency, it's like, yeah, there's trades, you might sign a player, you might sign a couple of players, but like the the machinations of draft night can literally redefine multiple franchises for the course of the next, you know, five, six, seven, and more years. Um I don't know why. I just thought of Phoenix's... All of the tweets about Phoenix's picks that are going out the window. <laughs> today. But yeah, no, it's a big man to start...
2: Listen, here's what I'll say about Phoenix. Start going to Scarlett's gym class every day. <laughs> and see the, the next son's draft pick? Because the... Listen, man.
1: He could be in that gymnasium. What years are it right now? It's 23rd. It's eight, eight years... <laughs> I mean, who knows what the age limit will be in eight years? Maybe it's eighteen. Maybe it goes down to eighteen. So yeah, what, what what grade are you? Ten years old, I guess. Uh, she's not that far away. You left, but she's fourth. Not, yeah, no, a couple couple of years. Um. Anyway, so what we're gonna do tonight, obviously, is we're gonna take you through the draft. I have um the draft on my my television in front of me. Um. The San Antonio Spurs have. Uh, oh wow, the pick is it? Shockingly. Spurs did not need their entire allotted time to make that. we have you? Did you see? I don't think these existed. Did you see any casino taking bets on? um Yeah, like not the Spurs would take someone other than. Wenbin-Yama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So seriously, when, yeah. There was Wembenyama,
2: and then you couldn't bet other options. It's just okay. the field, the field, thing. <laughs> and the field was plus forty five hundred. So a one dollar bet would have made you four hundred fifty bucks.
1: You mean the other way around? The four hundred fifty dollar bet was would have. No, 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 100%. no. The
2: field. Like, if the field went one, if anyone but Wemby went one, a hundred dollar bet would have profited you. Profited you forty five hundred.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, okay, I got it. So that's um, one one to forty five. I screwed that up, but whatever. There you go. The point is, um, yeah. And then, then
2: Wemby was minus twenty thousand. So you'd you'd have to put like, um, you'd have to put like twenty thousand dollars to make a hundred for Wemby to go one.
1: Yeah, I I still am curious just to they, feel something. How much <laughs> how much action they took <laughs>
2: on that? The mortgage just to feel something on draft night. <laughs> the mortgage just to feel something on draft night.
1: We're off to a rousing start. <laughs> Although we no, I mean we laugh, but like um, the betting, the stuff uh, in terms of the odds for the second pick, um, and the th- uh, and the third pick, and how much they fluctuated over not only the last two months but over the last two days has been freaking wild. And like I I don't want to get into the like why that happens and like you know where that information comes from. but it's i I find that to be to be fascinating. so that that is obviously where the draft will start uh, once this gets made official. but as we so I was saying as we take you through the draft, um we will of course answer any questions that come in. Andrew's on the ones and twos behind the scenes so he'll be putting those up when they come in. starting with a question from Ryan Wong Ryan Huang was never able to catch dream live but loved your work Chris. Uh, gun to your head. who do you think? You should probably be reading this. Who do you think will be the best player to be traded tonight? Uh, I'm assuming he means it's not a draft pick.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ryan, thank you, man. I appreciate the support. Um, Dream is not only built by and for the people who are there live, but the people who listen as a podcast after. So love you, man. Thank you for the support. I appreciate you all like a family. Gun to my head, I think... (sighs) God, now I see like I'm not on dream where I have like my little family of 100 viewers and I can say crazy stuff and not be. I I would say Zion Zion Williamson.
1: I was going to give you an easy out. I was going to say, do you think a player was was going to say all star team gets traded? You really think so? So Zion, if
2: Portland talks themselves into. Just. Moving on. I, here's the thing. He, I could see Zion fitting the we got Dame a star mold. And then when they move Dame to Miami in a month or next summer, then Zion fits the we're rebuilding mode. So so he he's the perfect PR.
1: Weirdly enough, Zion is the perfect PR <laughs> choice just, for Portland at number three. I just got flashbacks to Royce O'Neal last summer when he was traded to the Nets. And then like... It- immediately afterwards uh it was the the durant uh well remember
2: that team that team didn't need bruce brown so man
1: they've made they made some poor moves uh over no 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 <laughs> we don't
2: disparage show marks on this no. podcast marks griffin ainge all teflon can't touch them and Who's ujiri that? and ujiri the man without a plan is Teflon and you can't touch him.
1: Ujiri man, I mean that. I,
2: I don't I, think. He, I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing.
1: I could have. I would. I would have a whole long conversation um, about the rap. I find the Raptors. I think the Raptors are objectively the most interesting team because not only because no one knows exactly what they're doing, but like. I don't know. They they played it fast and loose with Kyle Lowry and I guess figured they'd get something and they didn't get Well, they really get they
2: held on. To, they had they got a home run swing with DeMar, so they held on to Kyle Lowry for too long thinking they'd get a home run swing for him and they held on to OG Ananobi for too long thinking they'd yes. get a home run swing for him. Now they're about to start holding on to Pascal Siakam for too long thinking they'd get a home run swing for him. Oh, and they let Jakob Pertl Go in the Kawhi trade, but then traded a first back for him, and it's then bizarre said that they bizarre. wanted to, and then they were going to rebuild, even though they just acquired a win now big man for a first round pick. But then they're not going to rebuild; they're actually going to keep Ananobi because they don't want to trade him. They totally want to keep him, and you need to give up three first if you're going to get him. They don't know what they're doing. They don't right. know it.
1: Like I don't, I don't know. I think you're you're, think you're on a you're on a roll already. Passes
0: passes. <laughs> Hey give you a look. That was that all one sentence, Chris?
2: Yeah. That was, that was outstanding. Semicolon, the Raptors don't know what the hell they did.
1: More importantly, <laughs> I am, I proved my status as an old man who doesn't know, um, anything about modern fashion because I took one look at the, the Women Yama oh, outfit cool. for tonight. Come on. Dude, I'm so old and I have just absolutely no fashion sense because I'm looking at this thing and, um, yeah, I don't. I don't quite get it. Real I quick, mean, on what? if you
2: had made a joke about how it looks like, you know, like oh, now we finally have an explanation. Here's what you should have tweeted: We right. finally have an explanation as to how Victor Wembanyama is um so good while being so tall, and it's because he's actually just three little kids in a trench coat.
1: <laughs> that, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> so that would have been um w- w- hey, real quick on Wemby because we're. It's he's kind of an afterthought for us because we're more concerned about what might happen that impacts the Knicks and what the Knicks might do. But do you do you have any concerns like about? I mean, I don't even know what the concerns would be. Like tall players get injured sometimes. Like I, I don't even know.
2: Yeah, well, you know, he was as he was he was just selected uh, by the Spurs on your screen if you're watching along with us. So. Wemby heading up right now up those steps and putting on the draft cap. It's cool to see um, as someone that's watched him since he was, I want to say 17. Like I knew about him at 16, but I didn't take the tie. I wasn't doing that. So I, so when he turned 17, I started watching him. Um, this is really cool to see him up there with silver. I'm just kind of basking in this moment right now. Sorry. No, he's, awesome.
1: he's huge and his hands are especially huge.
2: Well, the thing is like, people are like, oh, he's a seven foot big. Like, no, he's not. He's his di- height difference with Rudy Gobert is the same height difference that um Bam out of bio and like. Like a small guard, would like have. a, like a big guard, like a Jalen Suggs would have, you know, and it's like five, it's like a five inch difference. Like that's not normal. So anyway, with Wenbun Yama. It's really easy to poo-poo away the flaws, and the reason for that is like one that pops out on the film for me while I'm like drooling over over his film. Uh, it makes the one thing that makes me go like ah, okay, they'll work on that. Is like passing reads. You'd think oh, for really? someone okay. you'd think for someone who is literally playing above the entire playing court that yeah. like he would just see people when they're open. Um, but it doesn't come natural to him is what you're saying. No, it's, it's the feel is there. I don't think he cared to do it. You know, like I think he just knew it was his show. Um, once they got to playoff time at the end of the year, then you saw him have to make the quick reads and it was like, okay, maybe he doesn't have that down. I think at the start of the season, it was fine to write it off. I think in the playoffs for him, when it, when it showed, it's going to be like, on the film, especially as people rewatch it now, it'll be like, "Ah, oh, okay, he missed that guy or um, whatever."
1: I'm excited to see it, um, if only because I've—I mean, uh, Chris, I don't know if you uh, know this. I've been awesome. watching—I've been watching basketball since before you were born. I'm not sure if you knew that, um, but I have only been watching basketball since like '92, '93, around there. And by far, the two best rookies in terms of like, yeah, by far, the two best rookies I ever I ever saw as a rookie. In terms of team impact, in terms of individual um, impact, were Shaq and and Tim Duncan. And- did, you, did you watch? And this, I'm about to like
2: offend you. What did? Okay, because I've watched '90s games. You know, like going back. So, did you ever watch games from the early '80s? Like when no. you were okay? Because I was going to say Ralph Sampson is a comp that a lot of people like for Wemby. But the the problem with Ralph Sampson is that he was seven, four in a league of people that like a, sh- a shorter NBA. So, you know, it's like not, he was kind of just playing with, he, lo- he was the real giant out there. Wemby's a giant, but I don't think relatively it's as much of a difference.
0: And now, a quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Do you want a pair of shorts that aren't just comfortable but make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs has just what you need. Their stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. That's because they aren't like regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. Now, you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement bird dogs also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long so i'll ask again want to look good while being comfortable don't hesitate head to birddogs.com to check out their full catalog of shorts pants and so much more you can also use the promo code pool to receive a free yeti style tumbler with your first order again that's birddogs.com. that's bird B-I-R-D dogs D-O-G-S dot com and promo code POOL P-O-O-L to receive a free Yeti style tumbler with your first order you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you are we? We need Andrew up here for a. Um, I know why. What you're about to ask. So, Chris, I'm actually gonna leave this up to you. I was gonna say,
2: this is a. Sham- Let's
0: hold on, hold on, because we gotta. People are gonna listen to this later. We want to make sure they're informed the way we are. So, the last couple of years, we haven't spoiled the draft, or at least I think two years ago, we decided not to spoil the draft when tweets come in before the broadcast. And it was such a chore. And then the Knicks just like didn't do anything. They traded the pick. So it was like, all right, next year, we're putting it the disclaimer at the top. We're spoiling when tweets come in. I'm going to leave this up to Chris because you're the one that did all the research. Do you want to watch the draft live and not have Twitter spoil the picks? Or do you want us to go ahead and say when things happen and just, well, I'll put something in the chat. I was going to say, people know, the chat
2: vote? Can we just let the chat vote? I
0: mean, there's a pretty big bomb right now that I don't want to have to oh, go. I'm through sure full this
2: democratic process. To I, decide. I'm sure the second pick is out.
1: If so, you don't care, I think we should just roll with it. Roll I okay. As it I think roll, for the, roll night, with the spoilers then let's do it.
0: Spoilers throughout the night. Apparently the Charlotte Hornets are going to take, Brandon Miller with the second pick. Wow. In the they're going to do it. Yes. Okay. Michael Jordan, everybody.
1: All right. Do you see so, the individual that's on your television screen right now? Oh, to with the, the crowd. cowboy? Yeah. With the cowboy hat. <sighs> with it's the not kangaroo? that. It's the, it's the, the kangaroo uh, capri shorts. But they're with jeans. the, with the belt. They're capri jean
2: shorts. That's jean shorts. That's special. That's that's aura. That's exclusive. Right that's a San Antonio exclusive. That's confidence. That's anywhere besides the, All right. the damn
0: let course. me let me placate to the audio audience that will <laughs> listen to this later. So Chris, just a quick question. Um, what do you think? I know you just from listening to your, your show the last couple of weeks, um you're you're low on Brandon Miller, not to this to the point where he's bad, but you had him sixth on your big board. I think your most recent big board. Yep. I did. So this must be pretty egregious that Michael Jordan's last act as decision maker of the Hornets is taking him over Scoot
2: Henderson or Amen Thompson or Cam Whitmore or somebody else. So let's we'll start here. I heard from <sighs> I you know I've I've been alternating how I say source stuff because I like to have fun with it and I don't like to act like one of those people that's like, oh well, from back channels that you know, so I have been like, you know, across, it's come across my virtual desk or a birdie told me um that's fantastic. Whitmore might have like a knee thing. Um oh, interesting. And if someone's thing is being 99th percentile explosive. Both vertically and laterally, which is why I buy the hell out of that kid. There's Brandon Miller's pick is in. He's been selected. Wow, Wow wowie! Oh my god! Yeah, that's weird. That's crazy to see on the screen. That's crazy to see on. Even I knew it, and that's still crazy to see on the screen. Okay, this is this is disrespectful to people. And here's your here's your answer, Andrew. and funnily enough, I was about to get into this spiel even anyway before you asked, so it was perfect timing. It, like to me, this is I think two things can be true. One, Cam Johnson's an underrated player. Two, Brandon Miller would be really well off if he wound up as Cam Johnson. Um, and and that's gonna offend people who love him. And like I will just point to the 485 or 490 that Cam Johnson gets when it's time. And and that kid's really good. Uh the reaction of Oh, sorry. Of these guys, the two guys on the screen alongside with me to his bank in three pointer will forever be in my mind. Um and that was, that was just John. That was just John. I edited it, but John, that was um, a
0: solo playback. But yes, that that was like his seven three of the night. That was, two, that was which Julius Randall got ejected for
2: fighting one <laughs> Cam Johnson. He's freaking he's really good. Brandon Miller is six foot nine and he can shoot the you know what out of the basketball And in general, especially in high school, he showed that whether it's in between, whether it's behind the arc, he's really good at getting the round orange thing to go in the other round orange thing. But the problem was for half his season, he was an all time bad finisher at the rim. Second half, he was good. And so I buy somewhere in the middle. I think he's more good than bad, but, and especially can grow. And I buy finishing as a big skill that prospects can grow in, in the NBA, um, but with Miller, it's like I the concerns are more the handle and the athleticism than the finishing.
1: Uh, I get like look, the the league is where the league is and it's not changing anytime soon. If you have a to get it. if you have to have a chance to get a six eight, six nine, whatever he is, um, you know, shot, shot creating wing, I, I get it. Um that said, this is where I will zoom out and just anybody if you're bored for like 10 minutes, uh, go on Basketball Reference, pull up, start with the, I don't know, start with the 1990 draft if you want, and go through literally every draft year by year over the last 30 plus years. And every single one of those drafts, without exception, somewhere in the top three, you will find a player who... I'm not saying like there's always a bust in the top three, but at least one player in the top three who who did, failed to live up to expectations by a significant enough degree that it stands out. And most of the time, there's usually going to be an egregiously bad bust in the top three.
2: It, and that's my it, problem. It that's my problem fail. is that they're setting him up. I think well, they're setting B Miller up because to me, man, if you have Franz and Paolo and you add this guy and that's your two, three, four, holy crap like that's a great pick at six. Or if you're Detroit and you want to go Ivy Cade Miller, like God bless. That's awesome. But this early to pass on Scoot and you want to talk about two guards, right? Hey man, LaMelo dominates the areas of the court that Scoot doesn't. Those guys fit like yin and yang. And I think that when you have, Scoot so aggressive at the rim. Lamelo so good from behind the arc. Scoot's that Dejounte kind of offensive play where he he's not a shooter but he'll dribble up and when he pulls up he rises over guys and he'll cash it. And he's an athlete. Prez comped Scoot to man. Can I even say yeah yes? But like okay, I I found it. Fun. He said John Morant, but the guns are actually just muscles. Oh, uh-huh. it's um, <laughs> too bad. So I, I think that's a good comp. What do you um, think of the Russ comp? I've heard that places. Russ. I think you're. I think it's better just, shooter. It's different, but athleticism is there the same road, but forked like Russ processes the game at a level that scoot might never, which is how he lasted so long, despite not being a real shooter. At us at, at such a high level of production. Cause he reads the game like a freaking librarian. And it's like, at that point, Scoot may never have that level of proprioception prior to, you know, making a read, but
1: by the way, victory lap for Woja on this one, because he was oh, yeah. consistent with Miller to the Hornets the entire way. Shams looked like he was coming in with the haymaker today, or was it today? I think it was yeah, earlier today. I don't know. I've lost track of, of uh, all sense of time and place. Saying that maybe it was going to be Scoot, and um, didn't turn out to be because Scoot is going third to the Portland Trailblazers.
2: Can I say a thing sure. about this? Shams has a deal with who, right? Who does he do shows for?
0: Uh, Stadium, right? Yeah. FanDuel. <laughs> oh, Chris, you. I was gonna. It was a point I was gonna bring up, like That's manipulating the market that way. Hey. The, the line it's shifted real. completely. And shout out to Simmons, who pointed out the same thing. The FanDuel lines for Miller at two or Scoot at two went back and forth. And anybody who wanted to put two and two together, but see all day.
2: But you're forgetting something crucial, Andrew, because they snuck it in during COVID. They snuck it in during quarantine. The NBA entered a co-exclusive agreement with Caesars and DraftKings, the other two biggest books. I mean, sorry, ESPN did, not the NBA. ESPN, yeah. And Woj is ESPN, who's DraftKings, and Mm. Shams is FanDuel directly. He does shows for FanDuel. Sounds
1: like worthy of a book. (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) There's going to come a month or year or whatever that will be worthy of a book where, like, refs, like, robot refs are arguably... Better for if their gambling is like being promoted by the league, right? Because then they'll make sure the rules are being enforced. Like you're about to see some crazy debates go down. But on my screen, we have officially a draft suit designed by Scoot Henderson's sister. So don't be
1: mean, John. No, I, I was about to say I would wear that. His second. Whoa. That. No, I like it. Listen, I again I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I've I've watched uh, a whole bunch of G League Ignite, but like just the way people talk about the kid and the way he's made out to be in terms of you know, a lot of the stuff you can't teach. Um, and just like I mean, it's been years now we've been hearing like, oh yeah, it's like yes, it's Wemby, but like right after that is Scoot. And then I feel like the Miller thing happened like gradually over the course of like, I don't know, what would you say, Chris? Happened gradually over the course of the last six months or so, five, four, five, six months. Well, where, the, the thing know,
2: with Miller was he was in the best team in the country and he was the best player on it.
1: And I know. And then Scoot didn't have, you know, the best season for the Ignite. He got hurt. He got yeah, hurt. It, so like all that played into it. Talk about overthinking it. Um, and it's impossible for me to escape the fact that just the the, the Hornets... Are historically not a very well-run organization, and it's like, yeah, the fit is cleaner. So I don't know. Um, I f- I find that that situation interesting, and we'll see what happens there. As far as Portland goes, this feels really strongly like Dame is is getting ready to to replace the large bootied man in South Beach. The large, Oh, uh, I had to think for a second. I thought you were talking about Zion at first, and then I realized you were talking about Kyle Lowry. Um, or maybe I, I should say Gabe Vincent now Is he replacing Gabe Vincent. I thought that who? Um, oh man, who's talking about this? That uh, when I've listened to too many pods in recent days, but the notion that like Dame's going to storm into Portland's you know front office and demand a trade like tonight or tomorrow morning, you know. At, He's given them like he doesn't. It's so obvious to me, at least, that he doesn't want to be that guy because he's never been that guy. And he's had an opportunity to be that guy. Like, is he going to be that guy now? Or is he going to listen to them when they'll be like, listen, it's a special talent. We tried to flip it for X, Y and Z. X, Y and Z wasn't available. Um, Let's give it to the trade deadline or whatever it is. That feels like where this is going. Who the hell knows? But I, man, if I was Portland, I would really. I, I wonder what I... because I, I mean, I don't think there's a ton of suitors for Dame. That's the other thing. Like, I really do think Miami is is going to give them by far the best offer, if, unless Brooklyn decided to put all the all picks right. on the table. But those are the two, right? Yeah, like, I I think Miami is just the team. Um, for me, because D-
2: where Dame wants to go is going to play a part. Um, I. Heard months back that Miller was the pick at two over Scoot, and I heard from the same place later on that, despite bringing in Whitmore for two secret work or one secret workout and one secret meeting in the last week, that they're going to go Amen at four, um, and that seems to be where that's going to go. Uh, is Houston pairing Amen Thompson? They they are yes. Oh, they are. Yeah, they it's um, Amen Thompson.
0: Already, oh, there you go. Spoiler.
2: Oh, well, we we said we're spoiling, so it's okay. If yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. Point, of stick. course, go ahead. But that's fun. amen Thompson and Jalen Green is fun, John. I, I I think you're looking at a potential of the best backcourt in the NBA. Um. Wow. Like that's that's like if you're the front office selling your fan base on this, that's what that's what the sell is. Is we picked Jalen Green at at number three. Uh, or no, they took him at two. Sorry. We picked Jalen green at number two and and Amen Thompson at number four. Cause we each think they can reach a, a top elite level. And Jabari um, Smith
1: at, at three. So you got yeah, the, the two, at, three, four.
2: And, and then they've got Tari Eason who, you know, was ninth on my board. They I like stole him. him, stole him at 17. I like. Him. Um, And they've got guys like Jay Sean Tate and KJ Martin who really do their things off the bench. So, you know, as, the great Monica McNutt gets to interview these prospects. Good for her Um, friend, friend of the show. Right. Right. So basically uh, that's cool. Anyway, Portland is like totally dealing Dame. Like you're just not Simon's Dame and scoot. And then also Shaden, like this is not, happened like I think Beal finally getting moved you know Damon Beal have kind of always been like the, oh please feel bad for me I have no help and I'm trying to well win it's because no
1: they're other than the Splash Brothers they're the two easily the two longest tenured guards of, of that you know in the in the league so I, yeah I think it's when you don't win in a high level which lame. they haven't
2: Right, and we have to hear about how you know they're like victimized because the, whatever. Anyway, I, I don't. I don't have it's, for it. it's it's yeah exactly. So it's time for. I think Portland looks east and goes. Okay, that's over. This is over. And I think they like they look at this and just go like, okay, let's we got scoot at three.
1: Charlotte actually just did that. Let's let's pivot now. I guess for me, it it it, dep- it would depend largely on if Brooklyn wanted to make a play because to me the what the Brooklyn draft assets and specifically their future Phoenix picks I think those have a lot of value. I don't think future Miami picks have well, I mean Pat Riley's got to hang it up at some point, but like the notion that you're going to get a ton of value out of a future Miami Heat pick is probably those odds are not great. So if you're Portland, I mean, doesn't it kind of come down to you have to love Tyler Hero um or at least think Tyler Hero is like good enough to to be the centerpiece of the deal. If not, I would much if they don't have that opinion, I would much rather prefer a a package from from Brooklyn that is that is centered on picks. Right. But um I digress. We're not there yet. I, I mean it does look, Zion could still it could still happen, but it, it feels like we would have No it would
2: have happened it would have happened. Yeah. It feels like it
1: would have happened by now. So I feel I it my been, prediction, it would have
2: been for two or three.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. Well, for Scooter, we, I, what I was going to say before is we heard from, I think it was Shams' report earlier today, that uh, the Pelicans had been or had spoken to or sat down with, with Scooter. Yeah, they love was. him. Oh, they love him. That buzz yeah. is super real. So I don't know. Does Scoot want to be in Portland? I don't know. That's an interesting question. Not that let he you, has any agency, but let me jump in. First of all, John, read the screen. Mythic Monty, rooting for maximum chaos this draft.
2: Yeah, love it.
1: Sure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Monty. I'm waiting for it. And I then, and then I, oh, Ben, what's going on, Ben? Oh, MJ picks no Sam Bowie. 2024. Time is a flat circle. Well done. <laughs>
0: oh man,
1: thank you guys for the super
0: chats. But um, there's a couple more, but we can you can spend some time on this. Yeah, yeah let want. me let
2: me talk about these these first two. I I, I just think Miller. I just think Miller's good. I think Brandon Miller's good. I think he's going to be good. I think his second contract might be for the, the the lowest year of the contract might be 21, 22 million. The kid's good. The thing is that when you are drafting someone at number two, overall, you're not expecting several areas of their game that significantly need to improve to have star level impact. Like, you're kind of hoping Zion That's can do 26, it. seven, and four in year two, like he did. Ja did what he did. RJ, I said from the beginning was going to take a while, so I'm not surprised that he's taking a while. But that was part of the calculation. That was, been, that was that was that was part of the calculation.
1: I'm, I'm his I'm his biggest critic, and he's been steady as she goes. You know, and yeah. to say nothing of the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't have some no off court. Yeah, no.
2: So so for for me, it's like. You know some of these picks are going to be Jaden Ivy to their LaMelo Ball where the first year they look like the worst player in the NBA for like a couple months and then at the end of the year you're like oh my god this guy could be a year two all-star. Now, like some they're going to have these ups and downs right but at number 2 to take a wing it feels like okay you know how I, not me, but like everyone, but I I always say this loud because I really believe in it. But a lot of people say like, you can use analytics to confirm the eye test, but you shouldn't make something up with analytics and then try to see it. I feel like Charlotte saw six, nine wing shooter and was like, yeah, (laughs) screw it. That guy, um, without thinking about like, I don't know. I think they tried to jump process being greater than results and then, Ignored the like game tape. I, I feel like Brandon Miller talked trash to Michael Jordan in in, in their one on one interview. Jordan was like, "God, I love him.
1: Like, God, I can't get it It'd enough. be fun. It'd be really funny if that was what was the deciding factor. I I think, unfortunately, I think the Hornets are currently just kind of like I don't want to say snake bitten franchise, but like if you were to to list the most, sad to say, if you list the most irrelevant NBA franchises right now, is there a more irrelevant franchise than the Hornets? I don't know. Um, you thinking about it? I, t- I mean the my go to was always
0: Sacramento, and now Attack, and I ready can't do that anymore. relevant. And Orlando's yeah.
1: on the Orlando's on the come up. Orlando's they, on the come up. They got a great young team coming. Even
0: along. like if you go to the bad teams, like San Antonio just drafted Wembenyama. Detroit they're, they're has quite Cade and you know is a Detroit is on the board right now. D- Detroit's in that. In that conversation, Um, well, so Minnesota has star power. They're also like the fourth
1: team in that city, you know. So I don't know how much that matters. (laughs) Yeah, but Minnesota gets a lot of attention. I feel like they're not. There are many things, but they are not irrelevant. They Um, have storylines. Yeah, yeah.
2: From Jimmy Butler and the the three the third stringers, whatever. They've always got that.
1: That
0: Jimmy Butler thing was five years ago.
2: I'm saying from from stuff like that to now the Gobert trade, it's never good, but they always got something going on. So
0: (laughs) basketball relevance, you're right. That's (laughs) my, I guess my definition of relevant market relevance. Yeah. If I asked like my, my fiance, Nate, like who are the Pistons? She'd be like, who? And I wonder if like, you're going like casually that way. Is that the relevance you're looking for? Um, um, really Charlotte's quick. the right answer to this. Yeah. And I, a really cool Fred, thing just happened in the, in the
1: I was I was about to say it and then Fred just tweeted it, so I can't take credit for it. Uh for the first time since the Morris twins went back to back in the draft. No the twins yeah, they took to back a, a third time. No.
0: Time. Yeah.
1: Why oh! say no? You're happy? Awesome. Yeah, that's so good for them. So my that's my so under- cool. my understanding about the second the one who was just a uh, sorry. Thompson is that he is more of a traditional wing in terms of. I'll explain a, it like this. Yeah. If if here's okay, well, let me get my let me get my stress balls. Remember, this is an audio medium. I'm being yeah,
2: yeah, angry yeah, yeah. right now. I'm reminding you. So if they are if they are the same player, like average them, add them up, and divide by two. Take that middle player. How do you figure out the distance? Like, how do you figure out where to go? If this, if you know, if you have Amen and Asar. Amen is the, the Shea Gilgis Alexander like pilled one and also okay. is the Andre Godala in Philly pilled one. So-
1: I just want to comment for anybody who's listening to the podcast uh, tomorrow that it, it, Chris Percy and thought uh, enough of that analogy to obtain two balls and hold one in each. Hand. Oh, it's the NBA draft. I've got them on me like regardless. I've got oh, they're stress balls. Oh, uh, okay. So they serve a dual purpose. It wasn't purely for the analogy. Uh, no, yeah. there's the job. I got no, these on nah, me regardless. Chris, don't
0: man. listen to them. Grab your <laughs> grab your balls, all you want. Okay. <laughs> what is this? A manscaped ad? <laughs> <laughs> ah, soon, to, soon to happen. There's an ad coming in a second, too. So um, <laughs> yeah, perfect transition.
1: anyway. Um, for those yeah. who
0: did not catch what we were talking about. So Ahmed Thompson, uh, who played for overtime elite, um, was taken by the Houston Rockets with the fourth overall pick. His twin brother. Um, how do you pronounce it, Chris? Osar, Osar Thompson, um, who also played for Overtime Elite, is being taken with the fifth pick Can't by the wait more. Those so these, these brothers end up going back to back in the 2023 so, NBA draft.
1: This will be interesting because assuming Cade and Jaden Ivey start in the backcourt together, which I think we all assume that they will, but I'm at the three. I, um, yeah, so uh, that's where uh, you, you beat me to it, that's exactly where I was getting. If you want to start a Saw, which maybe they don't feel like they need to start him right away, maybe they feel like they could slow, slow play him. Um, that would seem to me that mean that um Boyan Bogdanovich would not it would it's it would seem to be an either or scenario. Either it's Boyan oh. starting, unless they're gonna put Boyan at the four, but they four. seem to what?
2: That the four they trade. Yeah, but th- they
1: were they were trotting Wiseman out there, and they just tr- oh, traded for no. Wiseman.
2: No, he's not playing the four.
1: That's what they were. They not doing that
2: last year. <laughs> they, they were, were and there? now and now Monty Williams has the job. Like that, that's he's not letting that fly for two seconds.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I'm no, listen. No. I just if that
2: was that was the front office saying, Dwayne, you're that you're getting the hell out of here regardless. So you're going to do what we want.
1: Or so then Wiseman. So then Wiseman's worse. the backup to Duran, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'll bet you... Well, you're not old enough to drink. I was going to say, I bet you... He is now! He is now! yeah, he's 21. I forgot. So I'll bet you a beer that uh, Game 1, assuming everybody's healthy... So it's a fair bet, assuming everybody's healthy. Wiseman and Durant start at the four of the five. I'm so happy,
0: Chris. You could take advantage of John losing bets without alcohol. bets. Yeah. yeah, I, I can...
1: don't know when's the last time I, I when I said I bet you a beer that I've won the beer. I don't right, think it's me, you, Fred,
0: Jeremy. Probably like we all have drinks. Everybody, everybody's getting drinks those. at some point or so. Yeah. To <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, shout out, shout out, Obi fascinating. Fascinating. Well, listen. Speaking of which, um, no. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Chris. What? Wait, wait, wait. What happened? No, like there's a super chat about Obi. Oh That's oh get joking. that in
1: there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Come on. Okay. Let's then talk about Obi Top. Get the All right. to this people
2: up here. This Five is from Chris. In.
1: Chris Kasner. Uh under over on Obi going for a late first or two seconds. Um I would I mean, I think it's fifty fifty chance for me personally. That it's what I mean, or I don't know if you're asking, like, do I have to pick one or the other? No, over under sounds like he's asking for the odds. No, I mean, but like, on Obi getting traded for one of those two things, or like an over under on like he gets traded for this or that. I I, I,
0: think, I think the bet is more over under on him just getting traded, whether it's what I for think a first or two seconds.
1: I think. And I've said I said as much. I think when we recorded last night, actually I don't know how how much of that you. No, you kept that all in because it wasn't the Porzingis part of the conversation. Yep. Um, They obviously, Ian Bagley reported today that they're going to try to do right by Obi. So obviously, take that to the bank if that's what Ian says it's true. Um, They are, but they're not going to. They're going to. They're going to feel like they're getting some good back. Now I don't know what like do. So do I see them trading for two seconds? Trading for two seconds? I don't know. That would be. I well, feel like, like they, they need to get a first back.
2: If it's 32 and someone's there, that that's love.
1: that's yeah. And then you're there's getting... that new
2: second. I know this is Jeremy's territory, but that's like, there's that new second round exception or like that new second round rule where you can extend them.
1: Oh yes. Yes. yes, 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 yeah, yes, so, yes. so like,
2: so like that's that I was, t- I talked about on dream and draft class, like getting in the late first might be worth it over the early second because of the extra cost controlled year. But now that's like not a thing anymore. So, um, Yeah.
0: What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today.
1: Hey, what's up? Jonathan Macri here with our good friends at Oakley to tell you why Julius Randall's All-NBA season was more than meets the eye. In scoring over 1,900 points this season, Randall moved into 20th place on the franchise's all-time scoring list. He also averaged just over 25 points a night, becoming the seventh Nick ever to do so. Finally, he became just the 57th player ever to top 57 points. How's that for some symmetry? Yes, we're disappointed by his playoff performance, but even so, this season from Julius Randle gave us more than meets the eye.
2: Anyway, really quick on Osar and Amen. Those two kids played some questionable competition all year, and it's led to lots of doubts being cast about them. However, 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 they played in TBT, the basketball tournament, against grown ass men and looked like the best players on the court at 18, 19. So. Like you can't just ignore that because it's convenient and fits your agenda that you know, they're not real or what oh, this is the latest draft Twitter scam, Mirage players. Like these guys are six, seven and walk into the NBA as ninetieth percentile
1: athletes, both of them. amen,
2: ninety fifth percentile.
1: I was about to say one of them is better than the other right. Amen ninety fifth percentile
2: also our ninetieth percentile. is that is that fair? And, and like, that's crazy. And then also they're really good at at doing things with the basketball. Like star is a really smart passer. Amen is a walking paint touch. All-Star can make the catch and shoot threes a little more reliably, which could mean yeah, may not be the worst to have him playing off of Cade and Ivy.
1: So the uh oh I wish I could listen to this. There's a um there's a reaction cam from wherever the the Hornets like draft party is and I guess Oh it's- no. Oh wow, it's, it's 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 a poor reaction. Oh, um so, poor no, I was, Brandon. They said, so man. I was openly wondering a moment ago how the selection of um Asar Thompson might impact whether the Pistons look to trade Bogdanovich. We just got word that uh what's his name? Anthony Anthony Black
2: Oh my god, they did it. He's oh, going Christ. to the
1: magic, who it correct me if I'm him. wrong, Anthony Black is he's a point guard, right? So Anthony Black is a point combo. Really,
2: right. It's a really smart basketball player who makes the right read like every time, whether you know it or not. He's right. And he's just really great at feeling out the game. And that's why he's being overdrafted as he just was in that Josh Giddy uh mold of second creator. Tyson Daniels was overdrafted as well, in my opinion. I think I'd take black, then. I think I'd take Giddy, then Black, then Daniels. But like for me, Anthony Black was number 10 on my board this year because his floor is so high. But if I were doing an upside-based board, I'd probably have him like lower. Like I think the chance that he develops a shot is lower than the chance that someone that gets drafted after him develops a whatever they need to 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 reach their ceiling. And Black played Fordham this year and um I had the the chance to like watch the whole game live and do commentary on it. And like uh I'm not gonna say who I talked to that said this, but Amp Black went one for six from three that game. And I talked to someone on Fordham's end of things and they were like, Wish he took more. That kid can't shoot. Um, because they they we, they we said we might have won if he took more. You know, Arkansas blew for him out the water. They're a much better team. Uh, But Ant Black really slowed them down when he was forced to take shots from deep and just couldn't make them. He's not a shooter at all. And it's not looking like it's going to be super easy for him to develop a shot. Now, if he's like Tyrese Halliburton, where he walks into the league with a pull-up that he just didn't have in college, I'm going to be like, Shh, crap. Okay, that guy was worth a top six pick. Like, no question but that's not the film I've seen and that's all I can go off of. And the pro day workouts, the shot looks the same. So, you know, that's, that's the best I've got.
0: Well, I can tell, you, I can tell you've been doing radio with how you censored yourself there. <laughs> <Well done.
2: laughs> yeah. It's
1: just an interesting pick. And as, as a bunch of people just tweeted out, cause it's obvious. Um, the magic now have four points. I mean, really, the four combo guards um, between, which is like, look, you could say, yeah, it's the direction the league is going. Okay. Um, with fault Cole Anthony, and Cole Anthony's name has been in, um, in trade rumors. Uh, whoa. Wait, what? what's going on here? Uh... Um, okay, hold on. Let me finish my thought and then I'll get to this. Um what was I saying? Cole Anthony and Jalen Sugg. So they have all these guys, all of them have uh questionable shots. And um to say nothing of the fact that like for as amazing as Paolo Banchero is, his shot is um is a bit questionable too. So where where's the shooting coming from on that team? Anyway, number seven, Bilal Kulabali? Did I pronounce that correctly? Kulabali, yeah. So he this is the this is Wemby's teammate, right? Oh my god. And this is the guy that allegedly the Spurs had a, a hankering for to pair with, uh, obviously, his, his French team. Well, I would if yeah, I were them. Know. He screams Spurs.
2: The thing with Koulibaly is like...
1: But we, let me just finish. So it's, oh, it's Indiana's pick, but they are trading him to the Wizards, who selected eight. Not It's very rare that you see trade. I'm assuming it's for the eighth pick, but who knows? Maybe it's not for the eighth pick. But it's very rare that we see uh, lottery trades where you're... Where Teams are going up and down by one. Uh, anyway, just finishing that.
2: Yeah. Um, listen, this is nuts. I, Koulibaly is a crazy athlete um, and someone who, if I were doing an upside board, might have been right here at, at eight or seven. or. But this is like real life. <laughs> and so I guess the sell here for Washington is that they w- actively want to be bad. And they don't care if he sucks because then that gets them closer to being bad. Um, <laughs> he's a Pult, wing, right? Yeah, Jordan Poole, okay. tank commander. He's like 6'6", six, 6'6 six, six, six and a half with a 7'1 wingspan. It's just nuts how long he is. Um, and and the, the the thing for me with him is that no matter... <laughs> he has to be able to shoot. Like He has to be able to shoot. Okay. Um, and I don't... He cannot Right now. And, and, right now, and so you know, yeah, i he's awesome, right, like he's really good, or not he's not, but he's a really good prospect, sorry well um,
1: I know he's, he's, a, he's the only project. thing I know about him is a big project up, he's he but he's like he was not on scouts radar radars to this extent before the season started, and now he's going to seventh pick on the freaking draft. that's quite a rise um, I'm just more curious about what the what the trade is, like how he's going from. Uh, to Washington, but yeah, I mean, look, good, good, good for him. I'm very curious what the Pacers are doing here. Um, yeah. I'm just very curious what the Pacers should doing here. You want to get another super chat up? Will we, will we collect our, yeah, our at the, pace,
2: the Pacers are going to be able to get Walker or Hendricks, whichever one of the two they want at
1: eight. Um And I know you love Walker and I, I'll give you a chance to, to, um Wax poetic about him when he gets picked, uh, Kevin. What's going on, Kevin Danishevsky? What's oh. up? I'm about to owe Jeremy a beer because the Raps don't know what they're doing. So thanks a lot, Masai. Uh, bet they were tanking, but guess they like mediocrity. Well, it, uh, yeah. I or and man, that Siakam thing today about like he's not going to extend with whoever trades for him—that was something. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, look, the the Wizards are—they've. I mean, talk about. I'm actually now starting to wonder if they're going to trade some of their like existing young players because they've overhauled the roster to such an he, extent. Here's
2: here's the thing. Koulibaly played on like the JV squad for Victor Weminyama's team. Um, yeah, Mac. There we go. Indiana got second rounders for moving back a spot and then also got Jairus Walker
1: at eight. Future second rounders. We're not sure which how many which ones. Okay. The right. fish dog, but yeah, um, basically,
2: Kula should send Victor Wembanyama like Alexis or something to get around San Antonio. I just he Lindor getting McNeil a Subaru or whatever. Anyway, um, basically, you should get him a, something a little nicer than that. Anyway, uh, base basically with Kula it's like he's really intriguing and if you're ranking projects in this draft he's top 10 the thing is does Washington really care that little that they'll that they'll slot him in now they'll start him at the four probably and go with Poole and Tyus Jones and Denny Avdia or Corey Kispert at the three and it's just Really uninspiring. Uh, But the thing is that long term, this is an inspiring pick for Wizards fans who should be happy that their team is finally ready to commit to a full rebuild. I'm going to like that Bilal pick in like three days once I think about Washington and their basketball context more. But for me personally, you know what? You know what's going to make me like it? If it comes out that there were other teams trying to get up for him
1: and that's why they moved. Well, I, I have to think to trade down one or trade up one, whatever you want to phrase it. It wasn't about where, obviously it wasn't about worrying that the team you're trading with is, was going to take them because they wouldn't trade. It's about that someone else was going to trade up and grab the guy instead. And again, it's been reported widely that uh, the Spurs were trying to pair these two former French teammates. Um, You know, they're not able to, which uh, it's a bummer for, for Wemby in terms of the Pacers. Um, Interesting there because they have been linked for a while with Obi Toppin or not linked. I shouldn't say that. That's too strong. There were some rumors around the deadline and they had some extra first round picks and a couple. And they have a, a still a pick at the top of the second round. So like, there's still a chance a trade could be made there. But I'm assuming. Actually, maybe I should assume that they'll start. Is well, let me ask you this, Chris: Is Wallace someone who could start on, or should start on day one in oh. the NBA?
2: What kind of team are you?
1: Well, it, the, the Pacers. You're the Pacers. You're The Pacers. You want to win. You don't like. You don't like to tank. You got. You know Nemhard. Uh, it,
2: it's kind of tough to give him that job if you're going to put Tyrese at the nominal two, but have him be the one. Like I would go case in Tyrese Halliburton to have Casein's defense next to Hallie because I think Hallie can't guard anything. Okay. Um, but. If you're Indiana, you know, it's Carlisle. Nick fans know well with Tibbs. Like it, it's these coaches that love their their hardworking guys that have earned their keep on the team. Sure. It's hard for Kaysen to show up day one and be like, haha, give me the keys. You know, uh-huh. like uh even if he's just in the sidecar, you know, he's driving the sidecar to Halley, it's still um tough to give him those reps over Nemhard right away. I would do it because I think he should be starting day one. I think yeah. Kaysen Wallace is not sexy, and that's why no one has them top ten besides me. But like, that's I hate comps. I hate comps. But I have to throw this one out there because it's not about the exact player. It's more about the style of play plus how they're discussed. Drew Holiday. No one. When you tell someone to name you an NBA star, I, I'd pay you a thousand dollars if you Wait, got someone to say Drew is Drew your comp to who? Case K- and Wallace.
1: Oh, but Case and Wallace a power forward. No. Point guard. Wait, who? I'm getting my guys confused. Oh, I was, I wasn't talking about, well, I'm, I'm getting, sorry. I'm, uh, I'm confusing Jarris Walker with Casey. Oh, you start, start him day one. Yeah. He just yeah, played okay. on one
2: of the best teams in the country. That's what um, I'm talking about the whole time. Sorry. J- Jarris is like, okay, you want to know the deal with Jarris? He, he shot 2.2 free throws a game. He, he's a, he's 6'8, built like a, you know what, house of bricks, and he takes 2.2 free throws a game. And it's like, okay. That's not six that's not six ideal. and a half, six, seven, six, eight. You know, six, six and a half without shoes, six eight in shoes, and he takes two point two free throws a game. But why? Because he has a top five floater in this draft class. Oh, okay. Floaters now we're are intrigued. Floaters are important. So it's like the power forward that's a defensive free safety. Like you got Brian Dawkins out there just fixing everyone's F ups on defense. Like, you know, like re- remember when Portland traded for Robert Covington and they were like, this guy is gonna fix everything. Yes. I think Jarvis actually does that for a team if they don't have like turnstiles at every position. Um, Jarvis can do that, like Jeremy Grant defensive role, but then I think he's got touch on the offensive end that Grant doesn't have. And if you buy the catch and shoot with Jairus, you can you can plan him in the corner from day one and he'll be fine. But imagine running a pick and roll and kicking it to the corner to your power forward and going to set a screen for him. And then he takes the ball and can handle it and go to the rim. Like Jairus is nuts. The problem is that he doesn't seem to know it. And the same way that we talked a lot about Emmanuel quickly going to the floater. And yes, he had a great floater. But why was he so reliant on it? I think that's a similar concern with Jairus Walker. And it's even more of a concern given how big he is. Now, I got to say, though, I still love Jairus. And the reason is because, first of all, if you sign up to go play at Houston, I probably like you. You know what you're signing up for. It's like being in the NBA and asking asking for Tom Thibodeau as your coach, which is why you know I'll I'll no matter how many times he doesn't listen to him, I'll respect Julius Randle for wanting Thibodeau at the helm because Randle wanted to be held accountable. And so Walker went to Houston. Like okay, a five star wing prospect went to Kansas as their primary and couldn't separate against a, a bowl of molasses. And where did that player go? He went to Houston. And then he got drafted 25th to the New York Knicks at Quentin Grimes. Totally changed his game around because he went to Houston and bought into a culture. Jairus Walker did that in his freshman year as a top recruit. Here's the asterisk. I identified Jairus Walker as one of my top five most important prospects to watch high school tape for early on. And the reason is because he had an injury bug him early in the season. I do think he has that athleticism that he was able to tap into at IMG in high school within him and that that was an injury hampering it this past season, and maybe maybe uh, if he was hurting a little bit, it would explain his lack of willingness to get all the way into the
1: paint. So what you're saying contact. is perhaps the Pacers will not be climbing over themselves to trade for Obi Toppin before the end of this night.
2: Especially because they sent two of those picks out know. for bumbly inserted Insert a swear
1: word. What for the? Well, they said that the Denver, because Denver you wanted,
0: can say fuck. Like, it's they got okay.
2: They got nothing. They got nothing. <laughs>
1: it's anyway, okay. looking at so looking at the the board. I, there's no. By the way, there's no rumors of any kind. I'm like, oh, a pick what? was reported. The ninth pick in the draft. Oh, was the Taylor Hendricks yeah.
0: Taylor Hendricks, Let me, let me you, riff here for a hold second, on. John. Oh, let sorry. me go go announce ahead, the pick. Yeah, yeah, go
1: ahead. Taylor Hendricks, power forward at a UCF. Ahead, so okay. with with that pick, um, the best players listed or for as far as most most rankings or just I, I, well, not in order. But Whitmore, we talked about Chris. You heard maybe there's a knee thing. He's still on the board. Um, Derek Lively, who's a guy that you've talked about on draft class a lot. You really like. He's been mocked higher and higher and higher in in recent weeks. Uh, center out right at Duke, he's still on the board. Grady Dick wearing um, an uh, outfit that is an homage to um, Dorothy, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Tonight, uh, very very creative. That's uh, very he, Grady Dick. He's still on the board, like and then the the last two that have been kind of bandied about in this range. Uh, you just talked about Kacen Wallace before, um, e- even though I thought you were talking about Jarris Walker, which is okay. very confusing. And then Kobe Bufkin, who's the other guy who's been a high riser. So I think those are probably like the next, maybe the next five names yeah. um, that we'll, we'll hear. Anyway, okay. Now that that's out of the way, what did you want to say about Taylor Hendricks?
2: Um, this makes a lot of sense that he goes one pick after Jairus Walker. I mean, Adam Spinella at the Box and One had Caitlin Cooper on for a full podcast where they just talked Jairus Walker and Taylor Hendricks. And who's the better prospect? This is a really, really big debate, this draft. Jairus, to me, has the explosive athleticism within him that will make this less of a debate going forward. I think, and listen, I had Hendricks high on my board because I think his paths to being good are, are easy and short and not bendy and winded. Um, but basically, uh, I think J- Taylor Hendricks could be one of those guys in this draft class that we look back and we're like, Oh, he went top 10. Okay. Okay. You know, like if you told me
1: Thaddeus Young was a top six pick, I'd be like, so like a guy who might underwhelm and you're surprised to look back and he went that high. Ad Young went at 12, right? And I, I think you could argue
2: he's been one of the 12 best players in his draft class. It's just because of the length of his career and how long he was impactful for But it's like he never had that season or those flashes that make you go, "Oh my God, should he? Should he have gone top five? Was he a stud? Like he's one of those guys that kind of just gradually lives up to the draft stock." I uh, mean, Marcus Smart at six looks like a great pick now, right? But at the time, yes, yeah. it, it was scrutinized I, 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 early. I, I just think that, um, funnily enough, Randall goes seven, right? And then you know, whatever. Um, basically, I think that uh, Hendricks is gonna like he's one of those guys where it's like position like just good he's good like he's one of those gamers well, like yeah but he figures out
1: a, he's a four and he, he, and he can shoot a little and he can handle a little and he can so but it's interesting because like the jazz i mean obviously they had a most improved player of oh the this year, is yeah this is weird from them. from yeah from from Lori marketing last year um i mean i know marketing ostensibly played the the three for them at times because they they ran out these super big lineups with him and um, Olenek and and Kessler. I mean, I I, I think everybody yeah, this is the it, new
2: Olenek is Hendricks. Is so he's like the new and improved three and so
1: I guess they're gonna keep throwing out those those jumbo lineups unless they yeah. intend on trading. Well, Hendricks Lundmarken can space the floor
2: point. a little, so so it's not like he's a power forward that's bound to the block. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that if Hendricks gets really good, like his. <laughs> he won't get really good starting next to Lori Markkinen, is my, my point.
0: So let Go. me jump in. We're, yes, almost sir. Done. We're almost done with hour one. I want wow. to put up on the screen um, our very young Chris Percianen has a big board of his own. Um, if, for those who are not watching, but they are listening, uh, he had in order. Well, these are the top 10 that he had in order. So Victor Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, Cam Whitmore at three, and then Amen Thompson, Jerris Walker, uh, five. Brandon Miller six. Uh, Asor Thompson it's seven. Uh, Taylor Hendricks eight. Carson Wallace nine. Kason Wallace. Kason Wallace nine. And Anthony Black ten. So the only player not picked from through nine picks.
1: So well, two, two guys. wow well, yeah, it's Wallace Cam and Whitmore and and Kaysen Wallace. The two there Ws.
2: The, the two of the three Ws go unselected. Actually, so, four four Ws. Wembenyama, Walker, Whitmore, Wallace. Wow, good. look at that.
0: There you go. You'd so off. The 10th pick is made by those bums uh, in Dallas because they
2: ran from the grind and lost. They were who I thought promised Koulibaly. That was like my guess. Like Cuban loved Milikina. Maybe he'd love Bilal as like the deluxe.
1: Who who would the, if the draft went exactly like it did and assuming the Knicks got the Dallas pick. Well, this would make sense because if it was it was the tenth pick, then
0: say it was top nine protected and the tenth. Yeah, pick it was top was nine the protected.
1: Knicks. The draft went just like this. The Knicks are keeping the pick. Who would the Knicks be picking right now? Oh man. great
2: You know, I don't know their team doctor. I would say definitely not. Um I... <laughs> I'm so close. Him and Josh Hart. We have a Hart Dick backcourt on the bench. Okay. Well, do we do we know do, can we Orlando. And then we trade for Jalen Suggs. Or I was going to say, Orlando has Jalen Suggs and the I, 11th pick.
0: Wait uh, on it. Um, Wait I, on I, it. Then you You're, trade Josh Hart there. And then um, <laughs> every 12 year old or person who thinks
2: like a 12 year old uh, gets to have some fun. So, oh, oh, we got a compensation update from Woj mm-hmm. on that trade. Washington sending Indiana's. 20. Oh. 2028 second round pick via Phoenix and their own 2028 second round pick. So two second rounders to move. And we got up another,
1: we got another update. OKC is acquiring. No, they are moving up to 10. Casey yeah. Wallace from Dallas at number 10. So Dallas is picking at 10. They picked the aforementioned Casey Wallace you. from, from Kentucky and OKC is uh, swooping in there to get um a guy that uh, you oh oh okay. <laughs> huh. Oh, my Dallas God. is trading, man. Davis Bratans and Case and Wallace at 10 to OKC. There's no word on what Dallas is getting back from OKC. Josh Giddey. watch. No. That's way. my that's my crazy guess. That's
2: no. Come on. And there's and there's more stuff in it. That's my crazy. Because if I were OKC, so I, I'd, move, move, on I'd oh, move on from him now. I'd from him
1: now. OKC's picking at twelve. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's just twelve for they're moving down to twelve. Well, no, hold on, that wouldn't make any. It, sense. it wouldn't. It wouldn't be giddy. No, but like, I, I just think
2: that. If you're OKC now, Kaysen and Shea is a 1-2. That's okay, a one-two. one hell of a 1-2.
1: OKC is sending 12 and a traded player exception to Dallas. Mm. And OKC oh is ending up with Bretons and Kaysen Wallace. So basically... This is clearing salary then. Yeah, 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 Dallas yeah OKC is moving moving down agrees to eat the remaining... Uh, so the, just real quick on the Bretons contract... Bretton's has two more years on his deal. The last year is an early termination option, but 5 million dollars of that early termination option are guaranteed. Um so essentially it's it's not quite an expiring deal, but it could be more or less an expiring deal and then you just pay the 5 million for for Davis Bretton's to go away, which again for a team like OKC that is eventually if they keep this core together, they will have some real financial issues. It's not going to be 2 years from now. So smart business by them taking on Davis pretends to move up two spots. I mean, it's a, yeah. Look, is it a big Kick price? the can further down the road? All I right. mean, it's essentially because I think Bertans is due 17 this year, 17 or 18 million this year. It's over $20 million to move up two spots. So um, it should go without saying that uh, they really wanted case and Wallace. I think that's fair to say, which again is interesting to me because case and Wallace, as again, you just described before, Your comp for him is Drew Holiday. So he's a backcourt player. Dude, Cason and Shea, and they're both Kentucky guys. But they have Git. They already have Git. This
2: is not, man. I think Jalen Williams is better than Josh Giddy today. But Williams is a wing. I mean, so so Cason, one, Shea, two, but Shea initiates and J Dub at three. And Giddy's your sixth man of the year. So maybe it's more of a.
0: So maybe it's more of a deadline trade with Giddy. You give him a couple I think, months. I think they keep, value and then, if they're
2: willing to keep him to be the sixth man of the year like every year. God bless. Because he will he can do that. And they still um, have Dort, by the way. We
1: should note who's like... Yeah, Giddy Dort, Dort bench unit is really while.
2: good. Giddy Giddy. Oh, Dort. no. it's
1: They're building a hell of a team. I mean, obviously, it, I wouldn't expect Wallace to... Uh, again, knowing very little about this kid, I wouldn't expect Wallace to like start there at day one. But I would
2: again... Didn't. I do it and tell Shea to take defense off. Just go get me thirty-two a game. It's just like really, you know, he could do that. You guys know Shea and Booker have been my two my two guys for since twenty twenty.